This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of purple Good morning, everyone. Welcome to my show, Carpe Diem. I'm your host, Lisa McDonald. I'm very grateful to be spending a part of this lovely day with you. Today's show is about being fearless. What I'd like to do prior to getting into the actual show itself is I'd like to offer mention and extend thanks to partners and mentors who have certainly assisted me in getting me to this point. The names of those individuals who I'm very blessed and grateful to have in my life consist of Laura Aiken, Paul Schultz, who are my illustrative partners on my books, Ben, Ben, who would prefer not to have his last name mentioned, William Masters, Josh Greenberg, Janet Bray Atwood, Walter Gretzky, my passion test family, my community, friends, family, of course, Cameron Steele from CTR Network, Barb Perry, my producer, and above all else, my two beautiful children, Quinn and Olivia, who throughout have always been and maintained being my greatest teachers. I just want to say a little bit about myself before I get into my topic about being fearless and what that means to me and uh, hoping that some of that resonates with you as well. So I am from Ontario, Canada, and uh, for the last three years, I have been going through what I would say and deem to be a process of reinvention of myself. Um, what we have all encountered at different points in our lives, especially when you get to be in your 40s, which I am, uh, are circumstances which are on oftentimes unforeseen, uh, things that derail you a little bit and take you off uh, your center as to where you think you're going and where you feel you're aligned at that present time in your life. So three years ago, I moved provinces. I'm originally from Ontario, had uh, done a bit of a stint out in Alberta for about 10 years, and circumstances changing to my personal life brought myself and my two children back to Ontario. And at that point, my children were aged uh, 3 and 18 months old. And when it when it became clear when my youngest was about to launch into school and start JK, uh, for about a year, I'd say a year and a half prior to that, I really had to do some assessing as to what I was going to do uh, in terms of carrying this family forward, uh, being financially sustainable, um, but still honoring myself and my passions and 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 living a life that was authentic to me. Uh, prior to choosing and being blessed to be in a position to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom with my children, uh, I had uh, been in social services for about 20, 25 years and had worked with various populations of people, uh, lovely people. I had worked with the uh, differently abled. I had been a director of women's shelters uh, looking after women and children who were fleeing domestic violence. Um, had also been very blessed with the opportunity of working with children in group homes, foster homes, uh, providing foster parent relief in my home on weekends to give the foster parents a break. And so within my 25-year stint, I had moved up the ladder to senior management and had primarily worked in crisis. 
and uh, lovely. I, I loved the pace. Um, I loved interfacing with government, loved working on policies and procedures, uh, as well as being a very hands-on manager with clients, which is always what uh, the center of what we do uh, should be about. Um, so although I had continued to maintain my contacts and my networks uh, when I was a stay-at-home mom, and for a period of time of being at home with my children, I was still able to manage uh, being on the board of directors in Alberta, uh, although I was living in Ontario, for an agency called the Canadian Paraplegic Association. So uh, I still tried to keep myself involved, uh, knowing that uh, I was going to eventually near a point of having to ret- return to my career. Uh, when my circumstances changed, it became abundantly clear to me uh, in order to maintain my children being the number one priority and being available within the schedule, uh, allowing me to always maintain them being the priority, uh, it became very clear to me I, I could not return to uh, senior management. I could not be in crisis and keep up with that pace of carrying a pager, uh, being responsible for a staff team of at least 40, interfacing with government, overseeing budgets, uh, staff scheduling, you name it. Um, I just couldn't do that. So for a year and a half, I gave myself an opportunity to really process and hone in on what my options were, taking into account transferable skills uh, that could carry over into whatever I had hopefully uh, come up with. And so one day, I found myself venturing into a bookstore, uh, one of my favorite pastimes, love books, um, hence my being a writer, and uh, I just found myself really gravitating to this one book in particular, not because there was anything necessarily flashy about the cover or anything, but the title itself, The Passion Test, uh, really resonated with me. And uh, again, going through a reinvention process, I was really taking a look at what was it I was passionate about? What were some of the things that perhaps had been on the back burner that prevented me from living a fully authentic life and embracing my life and living a fuller life? And so I found myself while in the bookstore, almost having read the entire book. And uh, I realized I wanted more of that in my life. And as I was nearing uh, the end of the book, feeling a little bit sad, uh, because I did want more of that, and I was just really sponging it up. So I was very happy and excited, uh, relieved, that when I, I neared the end of the book, I found that there was uh, some information that allowed people such as myself who wanted to take it a step further to do what was called an online submission to become a passion test facilitator. So I thought, okay, that's great, because that would be an opportunity to be entrepreneurial, uh, work for myself, work around the schedule with my children, uh, and still employ and use all the skills that I'd had uh, in my previous line of work, which would entail guest speaking, um, being fresh, being current, uh, and really honing in on things that were adaptive to what people were saying they wanted in their lives today. So that spoke to me. On every which level, that completely spoke to me. So I proceeded to uh, oversee doing an online subscription or submission, sorry, and uh, within three hours of having done so, I received a call back from what I would say and deem to be my first mentor within the passion test journey. And that lovely woman's name is Maureen Newtson, and uh, she hails from Vancouver, Washington. 
And so we had a series of telephone conversations and basically interviewing uh, one another, her more so me, of course. And, uh, you know, she, she just said, I'm going to listen, Lisa, you speak, uh, because obviously a, a good portion of what you would be doing as a licensed passion test facilitator would entail speaking and engaging people. So I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to let you talk, you know, talk about yourself, talk about, you know, your past career, uh, where you're at now and where you see yourself going. So I talked at length and she listened and uh, I just found her to be very, very lovely. And uh, again, we had a series of phone conversations, which led to her finally coming back and saying, you know, Lisa, uh, I've thought about it and I really like you and I like what you're about. And if you're interested, I would like to welcome you into the Passion Test family. So I, of course, was elated and uh, very grateful to Maureen. Uh, because, of course, that was my first stage within it all. And uh, so we talked about the schedule of where I would be receiving the training, and I had asked her if it would be possible uh, if there was any training opportunities within Canada as opposed to the States, just given my situation and circumstances with my children and being the primary caregiver. And so she looked at the schedule, and uh, she mentioned that, uh, yeah, there was an opportunity upcoming in March of 2014 in Calgary, if that would suit me. And, of course, it did. Everything was aligned in terms of uh, the scheduling where uh, the children's father would be back from his contract for a period of 10 days, Um from Africa in which to oversee care of the children and I could go without having to put anything into place. So I thought this is wonderful. It's immediately all aligning. And so shortly after that, uh, I received a follow-up phone call from Maureen and she said, okay, this is probably not going to work for you schedule-wise and you're probably going to have to move some mountains to make this work. However, I would strongly encourage you to do so given the fact that this doesn't this doesn't happen very often. So Janet Bray Atwood, who is the co-author of The Passion Test, New York Times bestseller, uh, co-authored with her former husband, uh, but current business partner and best friend, Chris Atwood, uh, Janet was providing training February, so a month before my original training schedule, in her home in San Anselmo, California. And so that entailed four days of intensive training. And I thought, okay, yeah, I got a little bit of a challenge ahead of me, but uh, certainly well worth it. There is nobody better than the author herself who would be more passionate about her own material and her own philosophies and ideologies and imparting that information to 12 prospective students than, than her herself. So I thought, okay, I'm going to make this work. So... Thank you. Thanks to my family and uh, one of my dearest friends, Audrey Lynn. Uh, we managed to make that work. So off to San Anselmo, California, I went. And I was in the company of 11 other like-minded people who had also, at different stages throughout their life, had sought out the Passion Test book and then came across the opportunity of the, the Passion Test License Facilitation Certification Program. We had all been selected. And it was it was an experience that, um, and I've had many, many experiences, as you can imagine, having been in social services and having seen a lot of transformation uh, go on in people's lives and, you know, a lot of turning points and milestones and, and being very fortunate to have been a part of that, a big pivotal part of people's lives changing in many cases for the better. So, you know, to be in the presence of like I say, 11 other like-minded people who really got out of the passion test, uh, what I did as well and what, how it resonated. And to be in the same room, uh, with 
with the co-author Janet Briott, with herself. It, it was uh, it was surreal. It was one of those moments that I will never ever forget, and it it took me on the path of where I am currently in reinventing myself and everything aligning for what my initial goal was in terms of being able to be still a stay-at-home mom, uh, but have a career that that was conducive to the roles and responsibilities I needed to play where my children were concerned. So four days of intensive training, a lot of laughing, a lot of dancing, a lot of learning, a lot of tears, uh, a lot of people really going deep within and uh, unearthing and unleashing and sharing uh, some of people's most painful moments, um, you know, cathartic moments, what, what brought us all to this stage in our lives where we were either relinquishing things in our lives that no longer worked for us, no longer served us, um, you know, some of us being catapulted into it uh, because of circumstances and time and, uh, and having to uh, reinvent ourselves um, or just wanting to further align ourselves with, with who we truly were and the kinds of lives we wanted to then lead. So it was lovely. And, uh, and what I found, which was very, very interesting, uh, when I returned back to reality in Ontario after the four day intensive training, I did, I did follow up. Um, and of course people were, people were following me because as soon as I read the book before it went to the next stage of having uh, connected with my mentor Maureen about taking it further, um, you know, people, people were following me. I was endorsing the book. Uh, people clearly knew how much I got out of the book, what it had done for me personally, spiritually, emotionally. And, um, and so when people started to see how things were unfolding for me personally, um, just the transformation in my life and things just aligning and going, you know, onwards and upwards, people became very attentive to my story, which I'm very grateful for. And uh, I've certainly received a wealth of support throughout the whole process, the whole journey. Um, so... But what was interesting is when I returned from San Anselmo, California, and I did, I did actually do some consultations with people who wanted to meet up with me, hear my story, uh, wanted to know more about the passion test, wanted me to facilitate, uh, the passion test with them. And, uh, and as much as I, I to this day love talking about the passion test and I, I plug it everywhere because of the pivotal role it's played in my journey. Uh, and I have hundreds of copies in my car, which I've just freely given out to people because I want everybody to feel the way that I I am now feeling and uh, and what shifted inside of me. Uh, it's a tool, you know, for some people are receptive. Uh, sometimes it's about timing. And, uh, and so, you know, some people have actually read it and uh, seem to be making strides within their own lives and really noticing the transformation within in them and so i i just think that's lovely to witness and um but what i what i became really aware of after doing some consultations was i thought to myself you know i love the book so immensely grateful for the experience of having met Janet Bray Atwood, who is one of my mentors, for having met the 11 other like-minded people who will always be a part of my family now and whose journeys I continue to follow. Um, but I realized, you know, geez, I'm, I'm really not passionate about being a passion test facilitator. 
So I thought, okay, this is great. Like, what, where do I go with this? What do I, what do I do with this? And, um, and so, uh, of course, I'm mindful of the clock ticking with my youngest getting ready to go to school and me having to come up with a plan as to what I'm going to do here to make this family, uh, you know, successful and sustainable and thriving and happy. Um, and what am I going to do to participate in contributing towards that? So, um, and as much as, uh, as much as I realized, uh, that I was not, I was not passionate about being a passion test facilitator per se. What came out of that experience for me, which was equally invaluable, uh, because it's, it was win-win across the board, um, was I became very clear on the fact that I was passionate about being a writer. And I had written my entire life. Um, I always gravitated towards English in school, always chose to do poetry anthologies and essays, um, just loved English, excelled at English. And there weren't a lot of things I truly excelled at in school uh, prior to getting into post-secondary education. Um, but English was always it for me. And uh, I, long before going to school, had written my own poetry. And both my grandmothers on either side had uh, had said to me separately, individually, without having had this conversation amongst themselves about me and writing. But they both foresaw me being a writer at some point in my life. And, um, and I wish they were both here to see that and perhaps, you know, they're aware of that in their own way with wherever they're journeying to. Um, but, uh, you know, because of the clarity that the passion test offered me, uh, and because I was really prepared to get out of my own way and, and for anybody who knows and understands the passion test and applies it to their own life, um, you know, Janet says some very profound things, which, uh, I've certainly now incorporated into my DNA and, you know, a couple of those things being, you know, what you put your attention on grows stronger in your life. And so we all have a choice as to, you know, whether we channel that positively or whether we choose to channel that negatively. And I've always, no matter what's happened in my life, and I've had a lot of things happen in my life, um, life has not been very easy for me. Uh, but my attitude towards rising and, uh, and improving and learning and, and growing, um, I've always had a phenomenal attitude and I've always been felt blessed with, uh, the quality of phenomenal inner strength and resiliency. So thank goodness for that. Uh, that certainly carried me throughout a lot of, uh, dark times, but, um, so, you know, when Janet talks about, you know, what you put your attention on grows stronger in your life, it was always a given for me that that, that could only mean positivity and it could only mean, uh, getting out of my own way. And, you know, when you're clear, when you're clear about what you want in your life, it shows up. And it truly, truly has for me. I've shared this with many people through my social media networks and sites. Uh, I've had numerous conversations with people about this. I post about it regularly. And, you know, just phenomenal. So when I was clear that I, I was meant to write, uh, the books, truly, I, I have uh, four books, one that's already been printed, second one is about to go to print, third one is currently undergoing illustrative process, and the fourth one I'm currently writing. Um, so I, I thought, okay, these books have now written themselves, at least at that point in time, the first 
two, almost the third. And I thought, okay, where do I go with this? You know, I've, I've written my material. I'm very clear that this is what I was meant to write. But beyond that, uh, I don't really know what to do with this. And so, uh, again, I went back to the same bookstore. I purchased, um, the book, the passion test from, and, uh, and uh, I spoke with, actually it was by phone, sorry, I didn't go back to the store, but I called the store of where I purchased the passion test from. And I received this wonderful woman on the phone by the name of Heather. And I explained it to Heather. I said, I've written this material. This is where I bought the passion test. I went into my journey with her. She was very interested. And she said, you know, Lisa, she goes, it's, it's amazing that I was the one who picked up the telephone because had it been my coworker beside me, you probably wouldn't have received the answers you're looking for. And it would have been a completely different, uh, course of, of, following following action and going forward uh, beyond talking to me. So anyway, Heather proceeded to say that uh, once upon a time, one of her fellow colleagues and somebody who she deemed to still be a friend by the name of Laura had worked with her. And Laura had left uh, her employment at the bookstore to pursue her passion, which was illustrating with her husband, uh, Paul. And so... Paul is the illustrator. Laura does the coloring. They're a phenomenal team, uh, beautiful human beings, and uh, could not be in better hands. So Heather proceeded to say, okay, well, I, I do have uh, Laura's contact information. Why don't I give her a call? I'll, I'll put it forward to her what your inquiry is, and I'll leave it in her hands to get back to you. And I said, that would be lovely. So sure enough, I get a return phone call from Laura. We set up a meeting. I go to their home. They kindly welcome me into their home where they do their work. And uh, I got to meet both Paul and Laura, and I was able to see samples of work they had done with previous clients. And I was just blown away, blown away by them. Uh, just truly salt of the earth people, very humble, uh, probably don't even realize to what degree they're extremely talented, uh, but truly they are. And uh, so they they loved the content of my stories. Uh, we focused obviously primarily on the first one because that was the one that needed to, uh, you know, have direction and get to the printers and be illustrated and whatnot. So they fell in love with my first book, which is titled Little Boy Gan from Passionfield Everland. And, of course, you know, passion being there because of my whole journey deriving out of the passion test with Janet Bray Atwood and my experience in San Anselmo, California. So we we sat down and, and we talked about, you know, uh, the timing in which it would take to do certain things. And because, you know, I was making it very clear to people and posting quite regularly what was happening in my journey. And, of course, being mindful of the fact that I wanted to get everything launched before my youngest started school. Uh, so, anyway, I, I then proceeded to ask both Ben, or sorry, both uh, Paul and Laura about, uh, you know, what can I do in terms of a website? You know, these days, to be successful, you truly do need to have a website. You need to get yourself recognized. You need to get your name out there. You need to get your work out there. And I said, so I, I personally, you know, not too sure what to do about this. And so as it turned out, again, another example of alignment, uh, Paul and Laura were best friends with uh, a gentleman by the name of Ben. 
And interestingly enough, Ben hailed from Dundas. He went to the opposite high school that I did, and we have now found out that we share mutual friends. But and he's only a year younger than me, but I did not know who he was. So they called Ben and uh, discussed me and my work and what my intentions were with him. And then I received uh, my first initial call from Ben. And it was wonderful. I, uh, you know, the same feeling that I had uh, about instantly meeting um, Paul and Laura, I felt exactly the same way about Ben, which I could then understand why they were all best friends and worked together and referred clients to each other. It was, it was amazing. So... I said to Ben that I was also interested not only having a website uh, put together and created, uh, but for the sake of a marketing tool, knowing it was going to take my first book four to seven weeks to get printed at the printers, uh, you know, I'd like to have an ebook version of my children's book. And so we talked about that. And of course, you know, Ben kindly did that, very talented at what he does. And, um, and, and Ben, you know, I, Ben wears a lot of hats for me. Uh, he, you know, he, truly Ben is the person that I speak to pretty much on a daily basis. You know, good things coming up, challenges coming up, uh, you know, somebody reining me in when I'm kind of going off on a tangent. Um, you know, he has a wealth of knowledge and experience having worked with uh, a variety of authors in his career, whether it be websites or anything related to getting people's careers launched. And um, so uh, so Ben did, he did that for me kindly. He put together, created a, a really wonderful website, and uh, we also got the ebook version going of my book uh, while the hard copy was at the printers. And, um, and Ben said, you know, truthfully in my experience, Lisa, what I will tell you is most people who are interested in purchasing a children's book based on the fact a good portion of it is illustrated, you know, they, you don't really get sales through ebook version for children's book, but I think it is a phenomenal idea that you want to use that as a marketing tool. And I, you know, absolutely that's only going to help you. Uh, but surprisingly, uh, for Ben, uh, he saw that my ebook version was actually selling. And uh, he had never seen that before. So that was very encouraging to me. And, again, very grateful to all those uh, people I know, people I don't know, uh, who had enough interest uh, in me and my story and my plight uh, to want to support me that way and really kind of jazz up the attention around this book. Um, so to everybody who played a part in that, and to Ben and to Laura and to Paul, you know, thank you very much. Um, and then... What resulted from my website having been created was Cameron Steele. So as we know here, for those who are are plugged in here to uh, Contact Talk Radio, people know that Cameron Steele is the radio uh, show owner, um, radio station owner, sorry. But, um, but it was interesting because, you know, being very good at what he does and scoping out talent and other people and other people's careers and passions and endeavors, he somehow wound up uh, noticing my website. And so he reached out to me and sent me an email, very lovely email, and said, you know, have you ever considered uh, hosting your own show? And I was completely blown away. I thought, uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> 
you know, I mean, I've certainly done a lot of guest speaking and I've, you know, a lot of that has been about my uh, advocating for clients and advocating for policy um, and whatnot. But uh, no, as far as doing anything for myself, it, it had never occurred to me. And um, so we talked about that. This was last year. So all these, all these things aligned for me last year and they continue to do so this year. And it's just now it's again a part of my DNA. It's I'm on the right path. I'm clear. And, uh, you know, it's been one good decision after another. Um, and just following my instincts, um, and loving what has manifested as a result of that, you know, people coming into my life who I'm obviously meant to be uh, in the same circles with, uh, re-establishing contact with people I've not seen in decades as a result of interest in purchasing my books. So it's been a reunion. Um, it's It's been wonderful. So Cameron and I talked about that, and we talked about establishing a date in which to go live. And uh, originally that was January, but we changed that to February today. And uh, so between... Cameron's enthusiasm of me and his support in his training and introducing me to my now producer, Barb Perry. Uh, it's, it's just been fantastic. And, um, you know, and, and, and so many different things have shown up. Uh, you know, so again, when I was introduced to Ben, uh, it was with never having met him. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of these things that people would deem to be coincidences, which for me, that word does not exist in my vocabulary at all. I believe whatever surface in your, surfaces in your life, it's a result of what you're manifesting and again, what you're putting your attention on and, and it's showing up, uh, because you're consciously and subconsciously, uh, focused on it. So again, whether positively or negatively is what shows up. And I always, uh, you know, err on the side of positivity. I, that's what I want showing up in my life. And it truly, truly has. So again, never having met Ben, uh, and my schedule having been what it was with the children's father, having done a three year contract as an engineer in Madagascar, Africa. So basically that schedule was six weeks out, 10 days back. And so for the 10 days that he would return back from Madagascar, it would be his time alone with the children, uh, you know, without me being around micromanaging, uh, which, you know, you need to connect and reconnect with your children. So I was basically out of the house for 10 days, which presented its own emotional challenges, but whatnot, it was what it was. So uh, I chose to, although receiving many p- wonderful offers from friends and family to stay at their home uh, during the course of those 10 days, uh, I just emotionally it was better for me to be by myself and it ended up being uh, productive uh, to be on my own uh, with my writing and uh, launching and my business and whatnot. So I basically became a regular at a hotel in Hamilton. And that's where I basically lived every six weeks for 10 days, uh, with the exception of, you know, staying at a friend's house here and there the odd time. And so Ben, having never met him before, uh, he Facebook messages me and he says, you know, Lisa, this may or may not work into your schedule, uh, but I've, I've opted to come back to Ontario to celebrate my dad's 70th birthday. Uh, given that we're working together um, and we're going to be throughout the course of your entire four, four books and whatever else might materialize beyond that, I think this would be a great opportunity to finally have uh, a face-to-face and, and perhaps we can, you know, have a work meeting and get some things accomplished outside of uh, using technology. So I thought, that's that's great. And so... Again, I, I received that on probably the first 24 or 48 hours of being out of the house in the hotel. And I wake up to that 
And um, so I said, that's great, Ben. You know, like, do you have a rental car or do you need me to come pick you up? Or, you know, where are you staying? What's your schedule? So I pretty much laid out my itinerary and I said, let's let's definitely make this work. And um, so anyway, uh, um, so decided to uh, connect and take advantage of his being in Ontario. And uh, I said, Ben, where are you staying? You know, like, I'll come pick you up because he indicated that he didn't have a rental car. He said, well, I don't know if you'd be familiar with um, this hotel in Hamilton, but I'm staying at the Visitor's Inn. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, you're staying at the Visitor's Inn? I said, that's the hotel that I've been staying at for the past three years. And uh, I said, okay. I said, what room are you in? And Ben said, I'm in room five. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I'm in room four. So I said, no vehicles necessary. I'll just finish up my errands. And when you're back in your room, I'll come knock and we'll meet and we'll talk and uh, get obviously a lot more accomplished than what we thought, given the proximity of where we were located. So, you know, so that another example of alignment. Then fast forward to um, prior to my children going back to school, and I took them to this pretty upscale children's hair salon. You know, you pay a little bit extra, but the kids love it, and uh, it, it really is geared towards children. And so generally it's a place that you need to make an appointment because they do get quite busy, particularly with uh, booking hair appointments for children before they go back to school. So I thought, you know, I'll just take my chances. You know, if it's busy, we'll go elsewhere. Um, but we're in the neighborhood. Let's just go try it out. So I walk in with my children and I, you know, I see that there's only one little girl getting her hair cut and her mom's there sitting in the seating area. And so they, the staff take my children in right away. And, uh, I sit down beside this woman and she says to me, you know, what lovely children you have, you know, nice demeanor, you know, beautiful looking children. And I said, well, thank you. And so we struck up a conversation, and as we did, I noticed that she was clutching a book underneath her arm. And without seeing all the written text on the book, I instantly recognized the book, and I said, oh, my goodness. I said, can I please ask you, what is your connection to that book that you're holding? And she said, well, it's actually my book. I'm an author. And I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, that book has been... Uh, illustrated by my current partners, Laura and Paul. And in fact, when I initially met with them uh, to decide on going further as partners and, and uh, rendering their services for all four of my books, they used your book as an example of other clients uh, that they had worked for and the work that they had produced. And I said, you were the last client they had prior to me. And I said, so I read your book. I loved your book. And I love the illustrations that Paul and Laura did for your book. I said, I can't believe this. So, you know, we got talking about that. And uh, again, not coincidence. It was aligned. I was I was meant to meet with this woman. And it just, you know, for all these things that showed up in my life, it just further reinforced and reiterated to me um, that I was on the right path. And I, it's not that I, I doubted that. Um, but it really is nice when the universe sends out those reminders that, uh, you know, things are going as they should. You know, don't question it. Don't analyze it. Don't dissect it. Just embrace it. Enjoy it. 
you know, just really, truly enjoy it. And I have, I truly, truly have. And so, uh, fast forward again, again, another example of what people might deem to be a coincidence. So at this point, my book had been released from the printers and, you know, I, I decided to go the route of ordering just a thousand copies, um, and knowing that I was driven to sell them and I still, you know, had all the legwork in which to, uh, plug myself into the bookstores, both independent and the big ones, the chapters and the indigo and the coals. And so I'm here, I'm, I'm there now. I'm in all the bookstores, uh, and as far as I can go at this point being self-published and I'm sure that's going to change in the near future. Certainly what I'm setting my intentions on to get picked up by a, a publishing company or a publisher or an agent. Anyway, so, when when the hard copies had been released from the printers, um, you know, people people again that I hadn't seen in decades, uh, people who I had reestablished uh, connections with prior to the books, um, everybody was, you know, very graciously, very lovingly coming out of the woodwork saying, you know, I would like to purchase a copy. And in some cases, people were purchasing multiple copies. And, uh, or people would purchase like two or three to begin with, and then they came back and said they wanted to purchase another three or four, and, you know, Christmas gifts, whatnot. So, my friend Tracy, uh, you know, I used to babysit her, but she ended up becoming one of my closest friends, Tracy White. And so, Tracy now lives in Seattle. Uh, she's originally from the town that I live in, Dundas. And so, I I had been at her mom's, and I used to call her mom back in the day, Aunt Maggie, because she were her parents were good friends with my parents. And so, Maggie was going out to Seattle uh, to visit Tracy and the grandchildren, and so it just made sense rather than me shipping books, you know, for me to drop off books. And I had been at Maggie's once before, not long before that, uh, for another endeavor I had uh, taken on uh, prior to the books, and that was I launched a fundraiser for a friend of mine who's both both his parents unfortunately and tragically had perished in an automobile accident and so you know I created an event uh, you know told everybody that we needed donations because my my friend George had gone from being a 29 year old sibling to an overnight parent to four or five children it was unbelievable just sad so again my community uh my community rose and everybody contributed, whether it be gift cards, whether it be money, whether it be clothing. You know, people were asking for the children's ages and sizes and personal interests so that we could make it as good of a Christmas as we could. So Tracy's mom, Maggie, you know, she had kindly wanted to do- donate to that fundraising cause. And so I'd been at her house before and, you know, Hamilton's like five minutes from where I live in Dundas and, you know, I, I've been to Hamilton many times. For whatever reason, shortly after when Maggie wanted to purchase copies of my book, I, you know, with it being a lot of one-way streets, I, I couldn't quite remember how to get to Maggie's house. So, um, so I pulled over while I was in the vicinity and I knew I was all around it, just couldn't quite locate it. And so I, you know, had asked a gentleman, I said, you know, excuse me, do you know where this particular street was? And uh, so he gave me directions, but I hadn't retained it. And so I thought, okay, before I make that right-hand turn and it, it sends me all over the place again, I'm just going to pull over one last time and I'm going to ask this woman who's on the sidewalk talking on her cell phone, walking her dog. And so I rolled down my window and I said, excuse me. And she and I made eye contact. And I looked at her and I thought, 
Oh my God. I said, Annette, Annette. And she was processing because this, this was, you know, this was 20 years. I had not seen this woman. She was my first mentor in social services when I did a co-op placement at an agency called HASS, Halt and Adolescent Support Services. And, you know, especially when Facebook became available and I decided to get on it, uh, she was one of the first people I actually tried to seek out. And I couldn't. She wasn't coming up anywhere in the search. And we didn't really have any mutual friends because she was my supervisor at the agency. And, and uh, you know, I couldn't remember some of the last names of her colleagues. And But I definitely obviously remembered hers. I mean, she made a huge, profound impact on me in my career. And so we had unfortunately, as many people do at different stages in their lives, we lost touch. And uh, so... She just, you know, when I said, it's Lisa, Lisa McDonald, you know, you were my supervisor at Haas. And she's like, oh, my God. So she's on the phone with her friend while she's walking her dog. And, you know, she's doing the play-by-play. And, and, and of course, she found it quite amusing. And it really kind of timed and dated how long it had been since we had last seen each other. Because what I found out why I was unsuccessful in locating her in uh, a search through Facebook or any other means was she had legally changed her first and last name. So obviously the person she was speaking on the phone with who, you know, had continuity with Annette uh, was then able to say, oh, my goodness, this is definitely somebody from your past because she's calling you Annette. So my friend's name is now Sage. And um, so I, I said to Sage, I said, uh, okay, I said, you know, I'm not losing you here again. So we exchanged, I gave her a copy of my business card. And I said, you know, I I actually do need to be somewhere. And she's like, well, what are you doing now? Like, are you still in social services? And I said, no. I said, I've got two children and blah, blah, blah. I'm an author and I'm actually just trying to find this house to drop off some books that they're wanting to purchase from me. And I said, so I'm looking for, and I named the the name of the street. And she's like, you got to be kidding me. She goes, I live on that street. (laughs) So... You know, it became very clear. Again, uh, no coincidence. Uh, and, and the funny thing was, was although I had often thought about, uh, we'll now refer to her as Sage because that is her name, uh, for all the time that I had thought about Sage, um, she had, for whatever reason, been very strongly on my mind for the month prior to having met with her Uh under those circumstances. And I told her that. I said, you know, you have been very strongly on my mind for the past month. And um, and to think that, you know, I just received directions from somebody else. And if I had just gone with what he said, I wouldn't have stopped and, you know, re-questioned it with you. And we wouldn't, you know, none of this would be happening. So we, uh, we promised each other from that point forward that we were going to continue to be in each other's lives. And it's, it's a different relationship now. I've uh, been fortunate that I've met up with Sage who, um, you know, she's in that, in that sphere that I'm in as many of my friends are and many people I know who have reached out to me to say, okay, like I'm very passionate about this, but I don't know how to get myself launched or, you know, I, I need a little bit more direction or can you mentor me or can you guide me or can I check in with you when I feel like I'm going off the rails? here and 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 certainly i've had those moments too and my person for that has been ben so uh so you know it's been really lovely to meet up with sage and uh um and to just you know redefine our relationship Uh, i mean we're in 
in many ways in similar stages in our lives. We've had similar experiences happen to us. And, uh, you know, we certainly had the commonality of being uh, drawn to social services and wanting to be of service to other people. And she was a fine, fine example and leader of that. So, I mean, I received top-notch uh, role modeling from her and, and really just again, at that stage of my life, re, re, uh, affirmed for me that I was in the right place, making the right decisions and that this is what I wanted to do for a living. And, uh, so, you know, it, it's not something to take for granted when we're fortunate to come across people who, again, are like-minded, um, really love what they do and give you as a result of that top-notch, um, experiences um, and and you know making it clear to you that uh, you're doing the right thing you're in in the right circle with the right people at the right time doing the right things and uh, so it's just it's it's interesting and these kinds of things are are happening for me all all over the place and uh, so I still you know I still get amused by it and uh I, I still will forever be humbled about it, and um, and I just, you know, it, it, the nice thing too is it's it's nice to not always know how your journey is going to unfold. I mean, sometimes we get we get caught up in the, you know, we need to know the absolutes. We need to know, uh, you know, we just we need definitive answers, and life isn't like that. And I've certainly, you know, from one experience to another. Uh, I certainly know that that's not true. I mean, you can, it doesn't matter how conscientious you are or how organized you are, uh, or how driven or motivated you are. Things don't always go according to plan because there's so much, there's so much more that plays a part in that outside of, you know, uh, your own intentions and your own initiative and your own wants and your own needs, you know, especially when you're talking about partnership or collaboration or, um, or anything, anything significant that you allow and embrace into your life. You know, there's, you just gotta surrender it and let it go. And, and I find the more I've chosen to relinquish in my life, the more I've gotten back and it's the good stuff. So really letting go of the things that don't serve me, things that have impeded me, uh, the things that have stifled my growth. And I've really learned to get out of my own way. You know, because everything, and I truly believe this, and, you know, it's become very cliche, especially for people in, you know, this world of um, self-development and self-growth. And, you know, so you hear a lot of the same jargon repeatedly, but, you know, it, 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 it truly resonates with me. You know, get out of your own way. Let things happen. You know, just be mindful for, for what you can be in control of in terms of your decisions or your, your choice to execute having a good attitude. You know, no matter what happens or doesn't happen, we still all have that choice of, okay, this this did not go according to plan. Uh, this was perhaps unforeseen. Maybe this just completely blindsided me and it's knocked me down. Um, but it's, uh, and when I find that I have moments like that, because let's face it, we're all human. It doesn't matter how positive we are. It doesn't matter how clear we are, how focused we are. There's still some things that just catch us off guard or, uh, you know, or you get setbacks or, you know, you're kind of at the beck and call of other people and, you know, maybe they're not doing what, what you had hoped to kind of get your own stuff going or whatever it is. Um, 
and uh, and we've all felt that way at different times. And uh, so the nice thing for me is, you know, it's it's not me that gets in my way anymore. It's sometimes other people. <laughs> and just, again, having to put that into perspective too because we're all operating at different levels of uh, self-awareness and we all want different things out of our lives. And some people are, are you know, accelerating in a, in a totally different fashion at a completely different pace than other people and it's not about comparing your journey to anyone else's and I've I've done a couple of YouTube videos now and I've spoken about that uh, when I've been referencing my books and giving information about my books and when, you know the titles and when they're going to be released and all that so you know within those YouTube videos I've, I've said that you know just um, and I mean that and a lot of people have said it so it's nothing unique it's not a unique message here but um, just uh you know, don't worry about what other people are doing. And no matter what struggles or roadblocks impede you or trip you up, um, you know, don't don't look upon that as some kind of indication that, you know, other people are meant to have things go easily or, or naturally flow well for themselves or, or that you're somehow missing a, an ingredient to give you that same kind of, you know, if you want to call it success or alignment and things just showing up uh, all the time. I mean, you know, it's happening a lot for me. I will say that. Um, but because I don't take that for granted and, uh, and because I appreciate everything and look upon it as complete blessings, um, you know, I know that things show up that sometimes, you know, go in a different path. But my attitude towards that when it does happen and my resiliency time for bouncing back and not stewing about it or, you know, not letting it uh, roadblock me from staying focused and doing what I need to do to get back into the driver's seat and make things happen, it, the turnaround time for me is instant. Um, so, you know, for people who get stuck in it for weeks or months or years or a good chunk of their adulthood, uh, you know, or the time in which they should be present for their children and they miss out on that because they're so worried about this, that, or the other. And then before you know it, the kids have grown up and I mean, there's always going to be stress. There's always going to be things that, you know, challenge us to have to be creative and perhaps have to reinvent ourselves again. And, um, and I actually think that's fun. You know, I, I love risk. Um, you know, uh, you know, smart risk though. You know, I, I do. I take, I've taken gambles my whole life, uh, to get to where I am. And I can honestly say it's paid off. You know, even when I moved out west, uh, to get married and to have my children, you know, that like 50% of us did not work out. And as unfortunate as that is, uh, it was meant to be because I wouldn't have you know, the two greatest blessings I have in my life, which are my children, and I can't imagine my life without them. Um, so everything I do, everything I strategize, every decision I make, going back to the decision of what am I going to do when my youngest goes to school and I've got now two children in school full-time and I know I can't go back to crisis, I can't carry a pager, I can't be on call, I can't, I can't live that life anymore. Um, I mean, the opportunities were there, the doors were open, the contacts still existed, could have easily had a number of jobs. Um, money would have been good, um, but it's not all about money. And and what I what I've realized too is, you know, when you when you follow your dreams and when you when you follow your passions, um, it's uh, it's just 
you know, you don't get things, great things just happen and we just need to be mindful of that. Um, so I can't believe we've almost just covered a whole hour here. I mean, I'm very passionate about this topic. I could talk about this forever. Um, but I just wanted to give that introduction of who I was and going forward because, again, I'm very grateful that I will be here with you uh, every Friday uh, as your host of Carpe Diem. For more information about me, uh, I can be reached at uh, Lisa McDonald Author, so that's McDonald, M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D, author.com, or you can reach me at my L-mail, McDonald 13 at gmail.com, and that, of course, is if you have any, inf- if there's any more information that you would like about me personally, my journey, my endeavors, or if you have any specific questions or you'd like to send me a message or if there's anything uh, that you might want to suggest for future shows going forward show topics if you'd like to be a guest on my show um, I'd love to hear from you I really truly would um, so again I just want to say thank you very much for being here with me it's been a, a real great treat and I just you know I, I just want to point out to one of uh, a great line and I hear great lines and quotes everywhere a great line that I, I came across in an inspirational video earlier this week and it's, it's something for us to all pay attention to is that when you glance other people and you think you have it in a nutshell what their life is about and you think everything is about success, just remember people are rewarded in public for what they practice for years in private. So let's not forget that. Let's not jump to assumptions about other people. People have worked really hard to get to where they have and they've fallen a lot, but important to never quit, to never to never give up um, and uh, just to keep going. So... I, I just want to thank you again. Um, this has been really lovely. It's been a great treat. I want to thank Cameron again and my producer, Barb Perry, for having me. And um, I look forward to our time again next Friday. And uh, we'll, we'll see what we have to talk about next Friday. But again, if you have any suggestions, please feel free to contact me. If you'd like to purchase books, know about my books, I can be reached at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. Or you can drop me some L mail at lisamcdonald13 at gmail.com. Thank you so very much, and I, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care and have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.